Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Well, happy Monday. And if you, you want to call it a happy Monday. Well, it's been an interesting weekend, hasn't it, as far as uh, counting ballots is concerned. I got to start off with this. This is really interesting. Small town in uh, New Hampshire called Columbia, New Hampshire. It's way up north, uh, a tiny little hamlet in that quaint little New England state of New Hampshire. Mm. It has 695 residents. But according to the Secretary of State, Maggie Hassan, the supposed victor of the uh, Senate seat in mm. New Hampshire, she got 1,106 votes from that same little town. Wait a second. There's 695 people in that state, uh, in that town rather, but overnight apparently they doubled their uh, their vote. It must have been a buy one get one free, you know. Yeah, vote one get yeah. one. Exactly. <laughs> vote one get one. Yes. Oh boy, there's a t-shirt. <laughs> vote one <laughs> get one. one get one. Yes, Democrat. New Hampshire. Um, yeah. Also, a lot of things happening. Uh, Adam Laxalt out in Nevada. He was on Tucker Carlson's show mm-hmm. on Friday, I believe, and very optimistic. He said, look, Tucker, there's 63% of the vote has to be received by my opponent in order for her to win. Basically, there's no path to victory for my opponent. She has to get 63% of the remaining vote, and that's near impossible. Guess what happened overnight? Wow, those 63% of the population showed up for, well, her. 63% of the votes that came in the next night were for her. Not 64, not 62, 63. And, of course, uh, the one of the media arms of the left, NBC, what did they race out to do? They raced out to confirm that she is the new senator from the state of Nevada, that she is the victor and Adam Laxalt is not. Did you notice before the elections, and Joe was touting around because they knew what they were going to do, uh, are you willing to accept the outcome of the election? Because... If you accept it, chances of a recount or going back and looking at that or anything, slim to none, which is what Oz, where Oz made the mistake. The jury technically is still out on Pennsylvania. Right. If you remember, there were those those ballots that came in that were improperly, uh, that had the wrong postal stamp, the whole nine yards came mm-hmm. in late and everything, some 200,000, right. which that's a vote changer right there. But they came in. Fetterman got an early jump on that. Now, the court upheld you can't count those ballots, but they did sue, and they and another judge, a liberal-appointed judge, sat there and said, oh, well, yeah, you know what, but it's not fair that those votes aren't counted. So yeah. they got counted, yeah. and there's still votes coming in. So in other words, let's let the last horse cross the finish line, and let's go back and solve that problem before – we call Pennsylvania. It may not be the blue state that they say it is. The good thing is is that Laxalt, last I read, has not conceded, which is Better good. Not. As opposed to Oz, who conceded before the you know before the well, sun went you know, down. Either, either Oz proved that he wasn't really uh, up for the job, and that's not good, or Oz just sat there and said, "You know what? I've had enough of this crap. I, my I've been put down. My family's put been put down." And maybe he's, you know, he found out that uh, the political life is, and it's not really the people. It's the damn media and it's the damn politicians. 
you know, the, the constitution, which I, I do keep right. You can't see the video, but it's right here. So oh, Bill, you don't know the constitution. I got it. I read the book cover to cover. If we were never meant to have term politicians, you go run for Congress, you do one or two terms, and then you go home back to your, your, your job and you get some new blood in to represent their community and what it really wants. And the same thing for the Senate, but these guys have turned it into careers. So do you think that these guys might sit there and be up to some shenanigans to keep their little cakewalk going? Of course they are. I have, um, something which should be the biggest story, the biggest story, uh, of the year right here in my mm -hmm. sweaty little palms, but it is not because the left is suppressing it. <clears throat> I had to clear my throat for this because it's a big story. Yeah, it's a um, big story. Let's go. There's a gentleman named Sam Bankman Freed. Sam, right. you're saying, who is Sam Bankman Freed? Who is Sam Bankman Freed? Thank you very much. He is the uh, founder and the chairman of a cryptocurrency business called FTX. Oh, now, I know if, the story. If, now, once you said that, I know it now. If you see Sam Bankman Freed, he looks like he just he just snuck out a study hall. He's about he looks about eighteen. Uh, yeah. He talks like he's about eighteen, but yet he is the big dude. And apparently this firm that he started, this FTX, I think they're based in the Bahamas. Yeah. And it's run with a bunch of like high school buddies. Mm -hmm. Someone went to Sam Bankman Freed and said, uh, Here's a, we got a proposal for you, Sam, with your little FTX. We want you to start uh, funneling some money for us uh, in your crypto business. It'll help you grow. So... And this is going to be a little tricky to explain because a lot of people won't. They won't. They won't go along with it. I got to find the. Uh, here's what. Here's what I have here. It appears that tens of billions in American military aid, in yes. right military aid to the Ukraine, which was allegedly to be used to fight Russia, was cash that Ukraine did not use to fight Russia, but instead invested. In FTX, and as you might guess from the bankruptcy filing, it now seems that all the money is uh, gone. Yes, you read that correctly. Instead of using U.S. military aid to fight Russia, Ukraine invested part of or all of it into FTX, and right now it looks like all the money has disappeared. Democratic donations, they say. Ah, also, at this early hour, it now also appears that the chief of FTX, Sam Blankman Freed, was the number two donor to the Democratic Party. He was only behind George Soros. Yeah, now, how much money was that again so everybody would get? Well, I'm going to get to the uh, the figure because I don't, I don't, I don't want to shortchange him. It, oh, okay, it was in the yeah. billions, like tens yes, of billions. Yes, I know. It seems Ukraine was receiving money from the U.S. The Ukraine sent it to FTX, and the FTX people sent it to the Democrats, who originally voted to send the money to the Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, at, at this hour, it appears it was, um, it was a money laundering scheme. 
Yeah, we, that's we're a saying Ponzi scheme. No, Ponzi's a little different. Yeah, that's it, true. That's money laundering true. is when you wash it through. So yeah. you say we're going to give the Ukraine ten billion dollars. We send ten billion dollars to the Ukraine. They take that money. They invest it, or at least a good chunk of it, into FTX cryptocurrency, and then FTX cryptocurrency sends it to a um, like a pack. You know, uh, right? Make it look like it's a a political organization. So they donate to a PAC who in turn sends that money from the PAC to Democratic people who voted to send it to the Ukraine in the first place. They are the second largest contributor to the Democratic Party. Well, now apparently he's he, it's all come down on him. It's all, And it's come down quickly, by the way. And a lot of his investors... There are real people who invested in FTX thinking that it was right. a great place to put their money, and they've lost their money, too. He was a golden boy, according to well, even Biden, but the you know the, to the government. They had a lot. They, this company well, had a lot of promise. He was on, I believe, CNN a couple of days mm -hmm. ago. And it was, it's only happened in the last couple of days. I believe they caught him on an airplane. He was supposedly flying to Argentina. They said, are you leaving the country? He said, oh, I was just going on a vacation to Argentina, this guy. Yeah. And I guess they took him off the airplane. But a couple of days ago, he was on, I believe, CNN. And uh, listen to how he talks. This guy really sounds like a Beavis and Butthead character or something. Or uh uh, what is it, Ted and Bob? You know those two doofuses uh, uh, that we we used to watch the movies and the, oh, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I forget. Now I know who Bill, you're Bill about, and yeah. Ted's Wonderful Vacation or something like that. Oh yeah, Big yeah. Adventure. Yeah, yeah, Big Adventure. They sound like one of the characters from those movies. This is uh, well, that was before our time, Jim. That's Sam, why we don't. That's true. This is Sam Bankman Freed. The last time we talked, we were talking about philanthropy, and I know you set up working with the Ukrainian government ways to use crypto to raise money for the government. I just wanted to ask you quickly, because obviously they've also changed the rules, concerns about sort of spillover effects and substitution away from their currency. Yep. How much money did you raise, and what do you think about this as a tool for the governments, but also the risks associated with it too? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that that gets to the point that this can be a great thing for the world. I think it can also be a really messy thing. Um, but I, I, I think that that at its core, you know, we, we've we've seen uh, millions of dollars go through, um, you know, the systems we, we've given, I think something close to a million ourselves as well, uh, to support, uh, you know, humanitarian aid um, and, and growth in Ukraine. And I, you know, I think when you think about what it would take to get, uh, you know, to get funds both to the, the government there where we do have a relationship with the Ukrainian government um, for raising capital um, for them using cryptocurrencies um, that, that runs through FTX, um, you know, whether it's getting money to the government or whether it's getting money um, to individuals there in need. Um, you know, there are literally tanks outside of the banks. And, 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 yeah. and this gets to, I think, one of the, you know, places where it can be really important to have a fully digital banking system. Um, and, uh, you know, fully digital, uh, you know, way of, of handling payments. And I think that's, you know, uh, an international one. That That's the core of what we've been, you know, helping to support in, in Ukraine. Yeah. 
I think it's a, a healthy conversation to be having away from some of the noise of digital assets and cryptocurrencies yep. themselves, that the work goes on beneath. Sam, great to chat to you. Come back soon, please, because um, I have a million more questions for you, but as always, no, not enough time. Great Will to do. Chat. Thank you. Sam bagman fried there, the CEO of FTX. Okay, the uh, Washington Post reported on March 3rd that mm-hmm. the Ukraine was dealing in cryptocurrency. It said uh, the Ukrainian government has gathered more than $42 million in cryptocurrency donations since Saturday, plus digital artwork, including a limited edition worth over $200,000, according to blockchain analytics firm Ecliptic, and I'm not sure who they are, but apparently it's, it's big in crypto. Think about it, that was March 3rd. The war started like February 28th or 20th. It started sometime in February, and they already had $42 million in crypto funneled through the Ukraine, and you know where it ended up. A lot of yeah. it ended up right back here. Well, to give you an idea, and I forget the candidate's name, there was a young guy up in the uh, Wisconsin or something like that, and he was a Republican, and everyone thought he would win. And he had an unknown Democrat. Well, he was unknown, but an unknown Democrat running and that shouldn't have won. And the kid was ahead. He had $12 million that he could spend, and he spent it. The Democrat got $88 million. So I will sit there and tell you right now that $42 million probably went up exponentially uh, in, in totals, because when you look at uh, all the democratic people that got money, it didn't come from just U S contributions. It came from this so-called, it's not even dark money. It's money that you didn't even know about. And you know, the, the laundering scheme that's going on here with FTX. And if this is going on, there's others like it going on, and I'm telling you right now, the Democrats, they talked about the Republicans in, in different policies. Oh, they want to take the country back, you know, 20, 50 years. Well, cryptocurrency and digital technology supposedly is the future. You taking this and using it to scam and scheme the American people, you just set the country back 100 years because... We need to get rid of all the electronic voting machines. We need to get rid of crypto if this is what you're using. And we need to go back old school the way a lot of countries do it. And before we ever get into the digital mess again, because this is crazy. If uh, I have my figures right, Don Bolduck, who was the senatorial candidate in New Hampshire, I believe he spent $2 million on mm-hmm. his campaign. I believe Maggie Hassan had $100 million, or close to it, like $86 million. And he didn't get, by the way, the support, Don Bolduck didn't, from Mitch McConnell and his PACs. He should have gotten an incredible amount of support. As a matter of fact, in New Hampshire, in, in Alaska, there was money allocated to one of the candidates. I can't think of, uh, what's her name? Um, Chewbacca. That's her name, mm-hmm. Kelly Shabaka. Uh, there was money allocated for her her race, and then it was withdrawn. He sabotaged her essentially. McConnell did. Now, if you don't think that the swamp right, I say swamp right, the swamp Republicans 
aren't in bed with the swamp Democrats in Washington, then you're dreaming. You're Nancy dreaming. Pelosi was saying on, I think it was CNN the other day, she goes, uh, she hopes for a rejuvenated, rebuilt Republican Party. Why would a Democrat say that? And she'd like to be a part of putting that together. You don't want to sit there and help your opponent unless, of course, you're going to meld with the opponent. This is all we're being jacked around. Hey, last week she was on TV and she said, I think I'm not going to have to worry about losing my speakership. I'm I'm very positive about the. She was actually kind of ticked off that somebody asked her, "What are you going to do when you lose a speakership?" And she said, "That's not going to happen." But then, yesterday, the milder, kinder Nancy, the the holier than than thou Nancy, was asked about the midterms, and she had this to say. But again, the races are close, and. Um we just, you know, we don't pray for a victory. I, I was grew up in a political family. We don't pray for a victory, but you pray that God's will will be done. And on that Sunday, that's what we pray on this Sunday. Oh, I think God's got to be ticked off. I really do. This is a lady who is, uh, she's definitely pro-choice, adamantly pro-choice, which goes against the tenets of her faith, whether you believe in her faith or not. You know, if you believe in a faith, and a faith faith says, in order for you to be a part of us, you have to kind of follow our guidelines. Now, if you don't believe in that, go find another faith. But she doesn't do that. She stays in that faith, that Catholic faith, and says, I'm very much pro-choice and pro-woman. Well, that's going against the tenets of her faith. She has no problem, by the way, saying that she's very Catholic all the time. But she can't be because she doesn't follow the rules of that faith, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, it's funny because um, Tulsi Goddard, what's her last name? Gabbard. Uh, Gabbard. Gabbard. That's Tulsi Gabbard. Gabbard, yep. Yeah, she she was in a, uh, uh, interviewed last week, and she says, one of the reasons I left the Democrats is that they think they are gods. They they have no faith, and she – and." That was one of her underlying reasons to say, you know, I've had enough of this bull crap. I'm out of it. Because she goes, I am a woman of faith, you know. But now she didn't jump on the Republican bandwagon because we have some bad people in the Republican Party, too. The good news, at least if it is true, uh, and the the Democrats take the Senate, and that's not the good news, but that means that Mitch would be the uh, minority uh, Senate leader. Actually... There's news that uh, he might get the boot from that, too. He might yeah. end up sitting on his tukas. Yeah, a lot of talk about that. I think that Tulsi Gabbard, actually, probably having been down in D.C., she saw both sides to the coin. and She, she probably, can probably tell you. Yeah, she probably said, you know, I don't like the Democrats at all anymore because they're not what they say they, they are. But I'm not crazy about the Republicans because they're just as bad. I mean, we're talking about the mainstream, the middle mm. of the road Republicans, the Mitch McConnells, the Mitt Romney. Oh, my goodness. Uh, those kind of people, they pretend to be something that they're not. You know, Mitch Romney, uh, Mitt Romney, <laughs> see, I get my, my Mitches and Mitts uh, messed up. Too. I get the name. There's yeah. so many names. My, on the, the Mitt Romneys, we should have had him figured out a long time ago because when he was governor of Massachusetts, he was pro. He was pro-choice, adamantly pro-choice, because it fit 
the narrative for Massachusetts. He thought in order to be governor of Massachusetts, you got to be pro-choice. And when he ran up uh, for senator against uh, Ted Kennedy, he was pro-choice. But then he had an epiphany when he started thinking about uh, running for the presidency. And he said, well, maybe, maybe I've changed. I, I've seen the light. I'm, I'm pro-life now. And he went in that direction thinking that he could appeal to the Republicans. Right? So he all mm -hmm. of a sudden became he became pro-life. I, I don't think this man has uh, a, a conscience, soul. a soul. Exactly. I think he will do whatever he has to do to win. That is a lot of politicians. Uh, Joe is that way, and he's that way in Social Security, if you care to look it up. He was the guy that wanted to take it away, and now he's going. He's blaming that on the Republicans. A, a political vulture, a person that is a career politician, they will go the way the wind blows. Oh, people want abortion rights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no, 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 no. You want pro life? Uh, you want uh, pro life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the numbers are there, that's where they are. They have no heart. They have no soul. They just want your vote because it's money and a career to them, and that's what it is. Stick around. We'll be right back. Plain talk to help you unravel a complicated world. We're CRN America. Serving in Vietnam, a grenade took my ability to see. I'm Michael Naranjo, and I'm a veteran. Today, I'm a sculptor. My fingers are my eyes. DAV helps veterans like Michael get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year. With DAV, more veterans can shape their lives into a thing of beauty. My victory is bringing beauty into the world. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. This is CRN America. What I've learned, and you probably have noticed this too, there's something else happening in the background, I think, that we're not privy to. We mm -hmm. see only the surface, the surface headlines. We see the noise. We don't see the actual uh, signal transmission. We're seeing the static. We're not seeing the source of the static. I, I think that, and it's obvious to a lot of people, if you look around at people who we've followed over the course of sometimes years, who we think are on our side, we kind of, we're having doubts now because they're, they're saying things that don't make a lot of sense to you and I. They're saying all of a sudden, almost on a turn of a dime, some of, the, some of them are saying, well, you know, maybe it's time that that Trump uh, step aside for Ron DeSantis. Maybe it's time that he rethink what he's going to he, what he's going to say on Tuesday, because for the betterment of the party, it might be best that he step away from the presidency. Does anybody know what he's going to say on Tuesday? I don't. I didn't get a memo on it. Did you get a memo on it? Not at all. Nope. Uh, not did at any all. of our listeners get a memo on it? I'd sure like to have it before tomorrow's show. We have, you know, so yeah, be nice. We have the inside, yeah, uh, yeah. He, the thing is, we're hearing this from people who we thought were on Trump's side. For example, I'll give you a quick example, and I like this young lady, Candace Owen. She mm -hmm. has been, I thought, a, a huge surprise. She is uh, intelligent, smart, articulate, pretty, has all of the attributes 
to be a, a, a pundit success today, right? And she right. was very, she seemed to be pro-Trump. She even said that she was pro-Trump. But then she did an interview apparently with a, uh, I don't know who the interviewer was, but uh, she did an interview and she was misquoted from this interview. And it got back to Trump. Supposedly in this interview, she said that President Trump possibly is too old to be running in 2024. Well, Trump was put off by that because he thought that Candace Owen was someone who he could count on. So she went to do an interview with Trump, and she said that Trump was actually rude. The quote was rude. And she was taken aside. And she said another quote from her is that she believes that Trump is in an angry place right now and that he's raging at everybody in Mar-a-Lago. First of all, how the hell would she know what Trump is doing in Mar-a-Lago? And secondly, if the guy has been dumped on by a lot of people and he thought you were one of the people that was dumping on you, I'm amazed he gave you the interview. I'm amazed that he allowed you to come by and, and to talk to him or even pick up the yeah. phone and talk to him. I'm surprised he didn't say, hey, take a hike, Candace. So um, he has a right to be angry. I'm amazed at what he's taken so far and ha it hasn't uh, driven him up the wall. If I would have gone through what he's gone through, you, you, you wanted somebody that's going to be ticked off, angered. Uh, you haven't seen me tell I'm ticked off or angered. <laughs> I mean, Bill, the, the, um, the veins bulge out. My head turns. I'm a Mr. Tomato Head, you know. <laughs> Bill, Candace Owen is not the exception. She's actually kind of the rule. There are guys out there who we follow. Uh, there's Will, Will Kane. I think mm -hmm. Will Kane is an articulate guy. He does uh, Fox and Friends on the weekend. Right, And he went through this whole litany about how he appreciated uh, President Trump and what he's done for the, the Republican Party and for the United States and all the good things he brought to the table. And then he took a pause. Or maybe he even said but. You know what they say about the word but? Anything before the word but is BS. Okay? Mm -hmm. But he said, um, but... He should rethink his uh, running in 2024. Maybe it's time for him to step aside for Ron DeSantis. First of all, what the, what the heck has Ron DeSantis done that all of a sudden he becomes the savior? He's the guy who's going to replace Donald Trump. You know, people say, I don't like Trump because he writes nasty tweets. He's so what? Hey, Bill, you want somebody, if you're going to change a system... You want somebody who's going to draw attention, who's going to make a lot of noise, who's going to irritate a lot of the other side, right? That's what you want. Otherwise, you have George Bush. <laughs> you don't yeah. want that to be a guy who's going to change the system. They were talking. If we go by the example of Joe Biden, Trump was a nice guy. Oh, absolutely. Biden is, yeah, Biden is the most divisive person that's ever He's been a around. nasty yeah, anyway, um, Trump was even approached, or he's been approached, to be the new Speaker of the House of the Republicans take over the House. Now, people like me were surprised that a non-representative could actually be the Speaker of the House. Well, Apparently, can they can. Yeah. Uh, now, listen, listen to what Trump says. 
I want you to listen. Here's the first you'll hear the question, then you'll hear his answer. Ask a follow while we're talking about Congress, because these comments went viral. At the rally, when Congressman Matt Gates brought up you being nominated for Speaker of the House, and I, your reaction intrigued me because I couldn't tell one way or the other how you felt about that. Your reaction. No, I think that uh, it's not something I want a lot of people bring it up. It's brought up all the time. Yeah. Um, no, it's not something I want to do. I want to look at what's happening, and then we're going to be doing something else. No, it's not something I would be interested in. Now, it kind of snuck by you. He said it's not something he'd be interested in. Uh, you're going to look at it, but uh, we're going to be doing something else. He said you know, what else? we're going to be doing something else. Okay, so I'm just saying. Now, keep that in mind with tomorrow's announcement. I have mm. no idea, Bill, what he's going to say. He may say he's running for the uh, presidency in 2024. It may be something completely different. But, by the way, that idea of him being the speaker has got people like Jamie Raskin, who's a uh, Maryland representative, who's a liberal uh, friend of Hillary. Uh, he was on, I believe, it was either CBS, one of the talk shows over the weekend, and they asked him about him uh, and what he thought of the midterms. Listen to this. Election deniers didn't prevail in the key battlegrounds, but CBS tallied it, and at least 155 House Republicans in the new Congress have raised unfounded doubts about the validity or integrity of the 2020 election. These are going to be your colleagues that you will be working with. What change is that going to affect in the working day? Well, that's a statement about the political contamination of the GOP by Donald Trump. And again, um, you know, Kevin McCarthy and other leaders within the Republican Party are now required to make a decision about whether they're going to try to rid themselves of Donald Trump um, and his toxic influence on the party. But these 155 uh, House Republicans are his constituency. Kevin McCarthy, if he wants to be leader, will need to consider. Yes. Well, it's a real problem for Kevin McCarthy now because um, there are certain uh, pro-Trumpists within his House caucus who refuse to accept that he's really with Trump and they want to get rid of McCarthy. And some of them, they, they have names very early in the alphabet, like Biggs, and they might just vote for Trump when they, you know, take the roll call for speaker. So we know that the, the hard right Freedom Caucus people are in search of another candidate. And one potential candidate uh, whose name has been floated is Donald Trump himself, because the Speaker of the House does not have to be a member of the House. And they are talking about putting Trump right there. That's not a real option now. Well, they talk about it repeatedly. And if Trump decided he wanted to do it, it would pose a profound problem for their party because they refused to do the right thing early on. I mean, today it seems like the spell has been broken. It's begun to dissolve. We don't have Republicans around the country claiming that they really won when it's been certified that they lost their elections. Um, and yet there is still this big lie dogma, which, as you say, has been embraced by 150 members within their caucus. And so that is going to create profound cognitive and political dissonance within the GOP. Is it really Trump's party or does it stand for something else? And Liz Cheney yeah. and Adam Kinzinger are going to force that question. They're going to force the Republicans to choose. I love hearing uh, Jamie Raskin telling us how the Republicans should act. It how all the hell should he know? Well, you made an interesting little comment during that break, Bill, which I think you should. What is another possibility if Donald, if Donald Trump doesn't take the speakership? 
Well, you know, it is just a weird thought. What about Trump Jr.? Donald Trump Jr.? <laughs> Wouldn't hey, that be a yeah. kick hey. of the pants for him? <laughs> Who knows? Because they're going you know? after the whole family, and Trump does have a politically active family. So, you know, Hillary's got uh, Chelsea that's getting into the soiree. Pelosi has got a daughter that's getting into the soiree. Well, so what? You know, the Bushes? Why couldn't you have a Trump Jr.? And that'd be one way to get him in and at least get uh, a conservative voice, you know, in there. Have you ever wondered why the, the left is so, so determined to remove Trump from the landscape, the political landscape, never mind the presidency? They don't want him around anywhere because even out of office, he is the most powerful political force in the United States. You know, I don't subscribe to everything that people go, well, you know, you know, the, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, you know, somebody's going to step in and do something. But I, I was thinking about Pelosi, the Democrats holding Congress in the Senate. The Senate is going to provide a wall between Joe and uh, the Demo or the uh, Republican Congress, if it so goes that way. Not going to call it, even though it looks like it will, although they, they're really stalling this thing. As long as it can. And I was going, why does, you know, Nancy, if, if she loses, what does she care? She can go retire and then go off unless she can't leave because there's going to be the remnants, the evidence of everything this Democratic Congress did that was wrong, that will be found. And they're going to be sitting there with dirty hands. Why can't? The Democrats allow the Republicans to take the House because they're going to be caught. They'll be caught. Exactly right. That's what I was so, saying. So, it's, Bill, it's, the, right now, they're not counting ballots. They're creating ballots. Exactly. It explains the town up in New Hampshire where the population doubled overnight. I mean, well, you know what happened. Some people just miraculously they moved in, came back from the dead. Their ancestors came back to vote. They say that, um, and this is from a story I, I printed up, the Democrats stole the Senate with ballot harvesting in Pennsylvania and post-election day ballot counting in Arizona and Nevada. Finally, people yeah. are starting to mention Pennsylvania. Finally, Bill. You know, I have Pennsylvania to... Pennsylvania is You and hell. I, you and I said that it wasn't going to be a fair election a month ago, Absolutely. a month ago, forget all the other pundits out there. Forget the other uh, big network conservative pundits. We're not going to mention names. They were some of them to this day are trying to explain it legitimately, and it cannot be explained legitimately because it was not a legitimate election. I, I think it was between episode two sixteen and two eighteen, not too long ago. Uh, I even sat there and said, based on everything that we see, right. I'm calling it right now for Fetterman. It's going to happen. That's the way it is. He's the winner. And I'll be damned if on election night he didn't get it. You know, it just, I uh, had right some out people the shoot. They were stealing it. I had some people say to me, boy, you guys, uh, you're like the only people who are saying that they're not going to win because everybody knows, everybody knows it's going to be a big red wave. All of the polling operations are saying a big red wave, but that's not what we were looking at. We were looking at the corrupt system that was counting the votes. 
Yeah, there, it, that never got addressed. It never got replaced. So it was in place. And, you know, I've heard the big red wave. Oh, it was a trickle. <laughs> and then, you know, even Mark Levin, a guy I respect, and, and, and he sat there and said, well, the numbers weren't there. Mathematically, it just couldn't have happened. But maybe in 2024, when, you know, there were more Democratic seats up. But the point is. The only way he can say that, Bill, excuse me for interrupting, but the only way he can say that is to for him to accept that it was a fair election. He's saying the numbers weren't there. He's, mm-hmm. he's saying, I accept the count. And that's the problem. The problem Maybe is the count. Maybe he's accepting the count because he wants to keep his gig. Well, that could be. There's a lot of money. He, who does he work for on the weekend? He probably makes more money working for them on the weekend. Fox. Absolutely. So, yeah. and Fox has probably sent down an edict saying, hey, guys, you like getting your million dollars a year plus from us? Well, we don't yeah, want. I saw an interview with Paul Ryan, who's on the Fox board, who, yeah, the same Paul Ryan who was the Speaker of the House who was the running mate of Mitt Romney, Mittens, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, whatever his name, what was it? He uses some pseudonym uh, on, the, uh, on, on Twitter, Pierre Delecto. Pierre Delecto. This is Mitt Romney's pseudonym on uh, Twitter, Pierre Delecto. Tell what me that's that not... What does that mean? I have no idea. <laughs> well, I, I can imagine what he was thinking. Yeah, I, I, ha- what, I, yeah. I have a name to put in front of it, but somebody would say but Still, I wouldn't have said that. Ryan came out and talked in the most most adamant way that it's beyond Trump's time, and he's doing damage to the party, and it's and, he, and he, it's time for him to to step aside so we can move on. I mean, he hates Trump, and mm-hmm. so what he was saying was hateful, you know. And this is he. They're saying behind the scenes he is one of the major forces at Fox. Uh, with regard to them changing their approach to Donald Trump and conservatives. Yeah, Mark Levin, I don't think that he believes the election, but to keep the gig, you know, at the end of the day, you got to sit there and look at, okay, I got a, I got a house payment, I got a wife, I got kids in college, I got this, I got that. Okay, I can't sit there and say I accept the election, so I'll come up with the thing. Well, the numbers weren't there, but let's be realistic about it. You can sit there and have all of your seats up for grabs and still be victorious because if it's a fair vote and you're saying what the public wants and they believe you, you're going to win. It's as simple as that. Look at the fact that, really simple, when you look at this election, are you happy with the economy? 75% of the people plus said, no, I'm not happy with the economy. You happy with gas prices? 75 plus percent of the people said, no, this is crap. We were better off. The were border? You better off? Yes. The border? We were better off. The border? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, even higher, you yeah. know. So all of a sudden you got 75 to 85 percent of the voting yeah. public that goes, I'm not happy with where we are today. But yet you look at yesterday when Trump was in, things were better. Whether you like the guy or not, things were better. So. When you voted, you voted to put the bastards in that created the problem back in? No, I don't buy that can of soup. We're being sold something here that didn't happen, and it's obvious. Am I a rele- uh, an election denier? you damn right I am. 
Uh, That horse won't run, as they would say. Not around my track. Let's take a little break. We'll be right back. CRN America. Did you receive a call or message that mentioned Social Security and demanded immediate action? Did the caller know your Social Security number or other personal information and tell you that your Social Security number had been used in connection with the crime? Did you feel worried that your Social Security number might be suspended, your bank account might be frozen or seized, or you could be arrested? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, demand your personal information or instant payment, email or text you pictures or documents, or use a real government official's name to gain your trust. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Do not be fooled. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to the Social Security Administration Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. The Voice of Freedom. CRN America. Okay, we're back again. Uh, Again, a reminder that uh, you can hear us on CRN America. That's our new streaming source. Yeah, they're C- putting new software on the on the server yeah, so today. Bear, for us. bear with us. CRN America, all one word. Okay. Yep. And and dot com, and there, there you can hit the link, and we're right there. Hopefully, it's up and running right. There were some problems. They actually did a reboot, and they said we're upgrading the software. Actually, they're doing that uh, in the past hour. They've been doing that, so it's probably up and running under new software. But there still may be some problems. Getting back to these pundits that we follow, the conservative mm-hmm. pundits, I was thinking, why are these people changing direction so suddenly? Did Trump want to find out who these people were? Is what's happening now something that Trump wanted? Trump has been known to be a guy who strategizes several moves ahead. They say when he, mm-hmm. if he were a chess player, he'd be five moves ahead. And I, I believe he is that kind of guy. I mean, you may look at him and think, oh, he's a doofus or he's a braggadocio or whatever. The, the guy turned the country around, and then he kept it making money during a pandemic. He kept us prosperous during a pandemic. What you have to realize from last week's elections, and forget about what you've heard on the news. The news says, oh, people are fed up with Trump. They've done away with it. Nancy Pelosi is saying, well, you know, part of uh, the vote was because of her husband. You were hearing all these different stories, but everything points back to Trump and Trump bad, Democrat good, Republican bad, MAGA bad. But when you look at his win ratio, the the, the candidates that won some 180 plus that won that Trump also picked, you know, and then we're looking at the nine races that are still in the air. Uh, or they've declared, you know, like Fetterman, which we talked about earlier, may not be the win that it was, but there's litigation there. Uh, We're talking about Nevada headed to court. We're talking about Georgia with Herschel Walker and uh, uh, Warnock Warnock, going to court. And and they're saying, now the Democrats are already saying, well, we may be filing a lawsuit on, uh, you know, that that election coming up here since we're going into the runoff. Well, how do you know you're going to have to file a lawsuit you know, because they absolutely want to positively have to win it. Expect them to file lawsuits on a number of the representative races that that were lost by the Democrats. They oh, will. They go. They're going to make a mess. 
they will go back and secretly challenge everything. Yeah. And, and, and they'll do it and they'll, they'll put the fraud and blame the Republicans, but let's see what's happening here. You know, look at New Hampshire with where a population doubled, uh, in population and all the votes went Democrat, two fishy things right there. You look at all these people that were supposed to win. They just didn't win. The numbers weren't there. It's all because of Trump. And, and nasty, negative Republicans. I didn't see the negativity on the right. I saw it from the left. So don't say you didn't do anything. You did. And your hands in the cookie jar. So there's a lot of weird stuff going on. They're trying to hold on. And you're right. There's something bigger under the surface that we're not seeing. Is it going to be brought out tomorrow? I have no freaking idea what Trump is going to say. Uh, or if it's just going to be a tease or something down the road, because uh, if he's not ready to say whatever it is, he'll sit there and do the Trump dance, uh, which will keep us going. But he's got to keep us motivated, and he does a good job of that. So th- does the guy have a, a right to be angry on occasion? Yes. Absolutely. I mean, I'm surprised, like I said earlier, that he hasn't blown his top uh, publicly. He is well-controlled. He does his rallies with a smile. He keeps people motivated. But you know that with all the attacks that he and his family have taken over the last few years, that he's got to be rip-roaring. <laughs> he's got to be angry. And oh, yeah. it, But if, it, if this whole process has done anything, it, is, it has shown him and a lot of people like, well, I, I thought that he was uh, – given a bad shake from the get-go, but a lot of people didn't. A lot of people looked at him and thought, oh, he's just complaining for complaining's sake. But we're also seeing who his real friends are. We're seeing who are really supporters. He had in his, in his last administration, uh, half of them were vile creatures who, who would smile and support him publicly and then stick him in the back, including in my humble opinion, the vice president. I think yeah. he was not to be trusted. But there were a lot of people in his administration that he he trusted initially. You know, and that, that goes back probably to his business experience. In business, it's a little more cut and dry. He, yeah. he didn't have to deal with swamp creatures who are chameleons, who change their, their stripes with the snap of a finger. One second they're for something and for you, and the next second they're against. I think of this guy, Millie. This guy, Millie, who was the general who walked across the street to St. John's Episcopal Church with Trump when Trump had the Bible during the Black Lives Matter riots and when they tried to burn the church down. And Trump was there with his Bible in his hand telling everybody that this is not going to stand, we're going to be okay. And he was essentially giving the country some moral support. And Millie immediately went back to his office and upon retrospect realized that his being with the president was wrong and sent the wrong signal to the military. And he apologized for being with the president. This clown should have been fired from the Joint Chiefs position like that for doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think of biblical things, but you know, the fact that Trump has a Bible doesn't make him a religious man, doesn't make him an unreligious man. The fact that you don't have a Bible doesn't make you an unreligious person or either or. But 
you know, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Now, I would dare anybody that sat there and took that particular thing that, oh, look, what a phony. He's going across with the Bible and all of this stuff. Do you know where your Bible is? I bet you don't. You know, if you do, I would be surprised. I would, and and I'm going to say uh, to any of these media people or those the, the the liberal left out there, you know, before you cast a stone, you know, look at yourself in the mirror and shut up. I would ask if my you're friends just as who, guilty or guiltier. I would ask my friends who are on the left who listen to the show to pause for a second and really think about what's happening. Don't think about it as being a game. A, and I mean a political game, mm. like oh, my side won, <laughs> you know. No that's matter, what it is. No matter what it takes. No, that's not how it, it cannot be that way. We are on the verge of losing our democracy for real. I mean, Biden used that as a, as a flag to wave just before the election. Well, let me ask you a question. What is a democracy? What is democracy? You're asking me what a democracy is? Yeah, I'm, I'm asking, what is democracy? A democracy is a, a, a country of the people, by the people, and for the people. Okay, you said we're on the verge of losing democracy. Do we have democracy right now by its definition? We have a of republic. The people, by the people, we have for the people. Uh, we have a representative republic. That's what it's supposed to be, a representative republic. Not a democracy. A democracy would be a true democracy would be Everybody votes, and only those votes that everybody made were the votes that were counted, and that all decisions of a country were made by the people. That's a true democracy. That's not so we what we are. That. We so are we, you know, a representative republic, meaning we have representatives who, re who represent our opinions in D.C. Do we actually have that? Right now, absolutely, positively not, because of all of the corruption. Well, bingo! There you go. We have no democracy and we have no representative republic, so we do not even have the basic foundation of our country in place. We are a sham, and we should be ashamed. All of the things that my father fought for in World War II, and yes, he was out there in Germany, in Belgium, in France, in World War II, <clears throat> all the things he stood for mean nothing if we just let this slip away from us. If we just allow this to disintegrate, if we go along to get along, then we are the problem. We are the problem. We've got well, to be we've got to be patriots. We've got to be patriots. Well, there are people who say we have to be patient and we can't say what I just said. We gotta let people work things out and it'll get better. But see, I will come double down on it and sit there and say, we know we don't have a democracy. We know we don't have a representative uh, republic. So we know we don't have the elements of what we are supposed to have. If we do nothing right now, you know, you may as well just nail the final nail in the coffin yourself. Look what the left did on January 6th. There were a million people at D in D.C., mm -hmm. at least a million people in D.C. Most of them went to the Capitol. Most of them stood around there politely watching, representing their opinion. That's all. That's all mm -hmm. they did. Was but it the left, wait, But the left, the left made them look like they were traitors by being there. The left made them look like they were wrong. They were criminal by going to the Capitol and voicing their dissent.
So it, it was an illegal gathering. Was it a uh, no? I don't. I don't. Be, I don't believe it was. No, absolutely there permit, not. There were permits filed, and you're allowed to go there and have rallies and protest. Plus, Nancy to. was offered ten to twenty thousand uh, National Guardsmen by President Trump, so t- for an added buffer of protection for the Capitol. And Nancy said she didn't like the image that would represent. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, that's just being safe, you know. But. You know, but she you knew watched, what was happening, Bill. She knew what was happening. She was part of the planning, and her and Schumer. But when you saw the gates coming down, it was not the people pushing them. If you notice, the guards were pulling. Go back and look at those photos. You'll see yourself. And they talk about the the Capitol doors were stormed open. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Go back and actually take a look at those doors. They're old, gothic. I think they were a gift. Yeah. But they're like twenty thousand pounds or something yeah. uh, that they weigh. They're made out of brass, is it? Or they're metal. And they open out to the public. So these people didn't pull it open. They didn't push it open. It had to be opened mechanically I think they have from the inside. Electric, electric locks on those doors, too. Yes, they do. That The big... Yeah. That, that, now, you could you could argue the windows, but you know what? They've had things happen at the Capitol before. Oh, they've had and they've had people shoot guns off, and I think they wounded five representatives back in the fifties during some right. some people shot down from the uh, visitors' loft in the in the House of Representatives. You're not being told the true story. You're not being shown the true pictures. This was a show, and but we did happen to have some Hollywood cameras there to catch it, so they could go back and edit it and re-sculpt it and re-narrate it. And come up with something. The real insurrection, there was an insurrection, is the January 6th committee. That is the insurrection and the sham. Now, if we take over the Congress, you know, should we focus on impeaching Joe and doing all these other things? I think we have to get our ducks in a row before we even do that. I think, you know, people are going to look to the Congress so let's write this. Let's write this. I shit. have my sincere doubts as of today, as of Monday, the fourteenth uh, day of November. I mm-hmm. have my sincere doubts that we're going to take uh, the House of Representatives. I think that they're going to they're going to keep counting until they win. Oh, I'm sure that they've counted the votes several times over, and they're going, okay, how do we do this? How do we do that? Now they did lose. They they had they gained some massive ground. All of a sudden they lost it. They're down to two hundred three. We're at two. What is it? Twelve? Yeah, two twelve. Six to go, and we got the majority. But the point is, they're going to find a way to get those fifteen seats and take away what they got to take away to get it. And they're going to have to take away some from us to get those fifteen seats. And I had a uh, I had a long audio clip that I was going to play today. But the time's uh, run out. Yeah, we, <laughs> we'll, we'll, maybe we'll use it tomorrow from uh, an elector down in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's set it up. Let's talk about it uh, for tomorrow and, and at least, you know, uh, set the table for that uh, that piece because— The guy um, is a—he uh, was involved with the counting and the whole voting process uh, mm-hmm. on the day of the election. He spent like 16 hours in Maricopa County's uh, Board of Elections area and— he said the corruption was obvious to anybody who was paying attention. Right. They interviewed him out with the protesters. There were protesters over the weekend, peaceful protesters with signs who were 
who were just making their, themselves be known to the people inside. And this guy was saying, hey, uh, you, you wouldn't believe the corruption. The, in, in, just like you, you said earlier, the Katie Hobbs thing, Secretary of State, she's running for the governorship of Arizona. She is one of the candidates, and she's in charge of the elections? So she's counting her own votes. Yeah, she's going to be honest about that. Sure. Here's one for you, Carrie. Ha, <laughs> there's three for me. Oh, go figure. Yeah. No, I think Carrie's going to lose it, even though she should have won it. The votes are there. Now, will she? I, I don't do. think she'll stand for it. I think no, she I, will. I, it's got to be challenged. It really does. So we'll have that guy tomorrow. We we promise honest, honest uh, yes. broadcasters that we will get that on. Uh, you've got uh, China that's threatening to um, go to war this week. Now, yeah. with who? I don't well, what know, did you tell me about Taiwan. Russia? Something really interesting. Oh, I was going to ask you about yeah. that. If I, if I even, that was pre-show that I talked about it. Yeah. If you want to Google it to go, Bill, you're telling the truth. Just Google uh, Russia rally nuking Washington. They had a rally, a big rally. It had political leaders in the general populace. The the thing is, Russia and the people are fed up with the United States of America, and the chant and the rally was is to nuke Washington, unleash Satan. Satan is a, a missile that can come over here, and I believe it's hypersonic, but it doesn't have one warhead. The, the nose splits open, and it shoots out 50 warheads. And what they want to do is they want to take the head of the snake off. And so Russia, and and right now Putin is facing a coup that he's not being aggressive enough in this and that. Hey, you got so you got a pretty picture. I you got to hope you, that Putin. True. You got to hope that Putin stays in office. You get somebody yeah. else in there. What do they say? The devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. Yeah, and right now the, the, the they would have the population backing them saying. Let's unleash Satan. Let's blow up Washington. Hey, Bill, we scary. have done it. We're done. We got to get out of here because the clock on the wall says it's time to go. But with a little bit of luck, we'll be back again tomorrow with a lot of stuff. We we uh, believe me. We're we're in tenuous times, and uh, all you can all you can do is pray for our country. Pray for our yeah. country, and you know, One. let people know how you feel. I'm not saying, but we never we never say to be violent or or destructive, but we do say you have a right as Americans to voice your opinion and to protest peacefully. Hey, you know what? Uh, they say you shouldn't talk about politics to fellow people, but I think it's okay. Just respect their their right to their opinion, but I bet you might find there's a lot of people just like you thinking and feeling the way that you do, and that will kind of paint the picture for you, too. Hey, buddy, have a great day. We'll do it again tomorrow. Yes, we'll be here same podcast, same podcast time. We'll see you then. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. As the world battles an ongoing COVID-19 pandemic and flu season approaches, health experts say getting a vaccine this season is more important than ever to protect yourself, your family, and your community from flu. Dr. Nancy Messonnier with the CDC explains. Flu vaccines prevent millions of flu illnesses, tens of thousands of flu hospitalizations, and thousands of deaths every year. Flu vaccines have been used for more than 50 years to safely vaccinate hundreds of millions of Americans. 
This season, getting a flu vaccine is more important than ever. By getting vaccinated, you're helping to protect yourself and the people around you from flu. While it's unclear what impact COVID-19 will have on the upcoming flu season, it's very clear that a flu vaccine is the best way to reduce the risk from flu and its potentially serious complications. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash fight flu.